0: Log
1: Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. This time. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real, Saints. Are you ready? And it's for real.
3: All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on Hour. iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network.
2: G's Power Hour. Yeah.
3: Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Happy Monday. Happy April. Happy spring. Just hope your life is going well. And happy Holy Week. Definitely happy Holy Week. We are um, coming up on Easter. I uh, hope you had a wonderful Palm Sunday, Passion Sunday, some refer to it as as well. And uh, we look forward to the events that are celebrating the Resurrection of our King. So we are just. I'm just in good mood. So (laughs) anyway, so today is Mortgage Monday, but we're changing it up now. And you've heard John Robinson on uh, talking about uh, different tips for the home. So Mr. Robinson has agreed that he is going to join us a little more frequently. So uh, we do have Jabir on in the last half of the hour, but uh, Mr. John Robinson is going to join us for the first half of our hour. Good morning. How are you?
1: I am blessed and highly favored. Glad to be on. Glad to be of some help.
3: Amen. Appreciate that. And You are helpful. Thank you so much. So I'm changing up because usually when I have him on, and I know he's busy, um, we kind of touch on a little bit of everything. So first of all, I'm going to give the number out if you have questions or comments or whatever the number is, five one six three eight seven one nine four four. But what I'm trying to do is maybe do like a project of the month type of thing. So if you have something that uh, is of interest to you, uh, just hit me up on the D's Power Hour Facebook page and let me know. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I decided I'm going to pick a topic this time, and we're going to kind of work on that. Because it's spring, you know, a lot of us are enjoying the sunlight and we're enjoying what's outside, looking out of our windows. Those of us are are blessed to have them in our workplaces, because I know some Mm of us don't, but when you get out and get a chance to go out and get that break, you know, you do. But for those of us that have windows, we want to make sure, because hurricane season's coming up in a couple of months as well, that we have the windows that we should have, and they're functioning the way they're supposed to, um, old house, new house, whatever you have. So I'm going to ask you some questions, Mr. Robinson, in terms of what should we be doing in terms of securing our windows?
1: Yes, ma'am. Um, when we're getting ready for this type of season, anytime we, it's really year-round we need to make sure we have proper windows uh, because you don't want your heat to escape from the windows and also you don't want your air to escape from your windows. So if you have older windows, you have to be mindful about your cracks and crevices that are that are coming from your windows. So we, you know, back in the day they had windows called Jollister windows, and those were the the slim single pane windows that that opened up like a louver. A louver. Right, style. you kind of
3: cranked them, right?
1: Yes, ma'am. So now okay. the, the the newer windows that are out Uh, or called the double hung, that's where you have the glass up top and just the bottom part lets up and down, your typical window. And then you have some Mm -hmm. windows that they would allow you to open up the top part. Um, And what you do to secure them is to make sure that your locking mechanism is working and also your... um, your springs on the side, they are operating properly because a lot of these windows are, heavy, are pretty heavy windows to lift if they're not, uh, if they're not functioning properly. Um, it's very rare that you run into windows that the seal uh, is broken on the inside that it slides on. That's what keeps the, the air from coming in and out on the side of the window. And then you just have to keep it free of debris from the uh, the bottom of the window, so you can actually close that window and have a um, have a, a proper seal in there. There's uh, like back in the day, we used to put put uh plastic over our windows because they weren't properly insulated. Uh, some people still do it. And it still serves the same purpose, but it does cause mold because it causes condensation on the inside of the windows and on the inside of the plastic. So I do, not I do not recommend that for anybody to to do that anymore, unless you have these older style windows where you know you have you're unable to get them replaced because windows right now they're running like two or three hundred dollars a piece uh they're very very expensive, and you get different kinds uh but you want them so that they are able to be uh their cold well most of the home depot and Lowe's sell windows that are cold, so they have to be hurricane uh hurricane wind rated and then you can get a a, a better kind of window and that's the kind that has the gas on the inside the argon gas and what they do; those windows never fog up. But if you ever see a window that looks like it's fogged up, and you can't see through it anymore, that means the gas is leaked out of it, and and that's literally what it does. It fogs the window up when when the window is not a uh, uh, doesn't have any more gas in it. Uh, I don't know if you want to jump in if you have some questions to add along with it.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, you've you've been very helpful just now. I was listening to a lot of stuff, and some questions popped in my mind. Um, If you do have, let's say, an older home that has the jealousy windows, can those be replaced with the same type of windows, especially now that we have new codes? Are they grandfathered in, or do you need to just go ahead and replace the whole window? And and I'm asking this because sometimes you are – working to keep the historic nature of the home, the preservation of that style of home if you have that.
2: Um, what do you think well most,
1: well most people I, I don't know anybody trying to save those type of windows. Uh
2: okay. because
1: they do not they do not unless you got it on like a Florida room or something like that. Or like a patio. But I don't uh uh recommend having them on the inside because you're going to you definitely are going to lose because they're not ins, literally, they're really not insulated at all they're just two pieces of glass touching each other with no kind of rubber seal or anything so they, they leak uh, it was I, I don't know why well, at that time I guess that's what they came out with but right now in a newer home or if you're renting or if you're Moving into a home that someone is bu- that you're buying from someone, most people don't want those type of windows because they're very dated, and then the mechanism that you open the windows up, they go bad, and then it's very difficult to find parts for those now. So, um, I just recommend if you if you need if you have the money to change the windows out, change them out and. Get something that's going to be more energy efficient, which is going to help on your your power bill and your heating bill.
3: All right. So because you have an older home, it may be structured a little bit differently than the newer homes. So when you're replacing a window, especially if you have, like I have, a, a frame home, so there may be some deterioration. Uh, also, the size of the opening might be a little different. Are, are are those things that you need to consider when you are looking to replace windows?
1: Um, it's it's really like a catch twenty two on that. Um, okay. So, sometimes you have homes that have been, I wouldn't say grandfathered in. They probably were built by your grandfather, and they normally are not to specs. Uh, they're normally to whatever they had to had to use back in the day, and a lot of the windows that are coming out now that they're selling are pretty much consistent with the same same uh, measurements with the houses that they're building, unless you're getting large, extra larger windows uh, uh, put in your house or the taller windows. Those are uh, maybe special order, but replacing replacing these houses, replacing them in the wood frame houses, you're going to end up with space, and you have to end up doing some trim work in order to get them to fit in there right. And if you have a concrete, like the con- or the block-built home, then you still may end up, because we did one home over in uh, the Ola Vista area that, that flooded out, and we ended up uh, having to build a a center in the middle of the of the window because it was a it was a big double pane window that came out, and um, the customer bought a window that was a little bit smaller because she couldn't find anything that would actually fit in that area. So uh, it's just uh, if you got a a good contractor to. Come in and put the windows in. Then they can actually handle those type of running into those issues. Uh, it's just like you just never know what kind of issue you run in, run into when you're doing work. It's like we're working right now. We're running into a little plumbing difficulties, but we just have to do what we got to do to make it work.
3: So you mentioned, and I was shocked when you mentioned this. That. Uh, the cost of the windows—they're just because I know I priced windows before a couple of times. I think the last time I priced them though they were, uh, and so it must have been a while, twenty something dollars a piece. And you're saying they're in the hundreds now? Oh no,
1: that, that ain't, <laughs> you're not gonna—you can't even get it at the get it at the do, uh They don't even—I <laughs> no, gonna say the dollar store,
2: <laughs> but
1: you. I don't know where you're gonna find some wonders for twenty dollars. You you can't even mm-hmm. buy a piece of glass for mm-hmm. for under twenty dollars hardly. You may get a little like small I said, piece for under It's been a while. <laughs> oh yeah, that you probably talking about fifty years or something like that. I don't no, know. No, I been that long,
3: but yeah, it's been a while. I
1: I, <laughs> I ain't never heard of no twenty dollar wonder. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so so yeah, so my question is, do you have to replace all the windows at the same time? Or should you replace all the windows at the same time?
1: No, ma'am. It's it's according to your budget. If you can't afford to change them at one time, then you have to take your time and do it. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you have someone working with you, uh, maybe they'll be more lenient on the price, but Mm -hmm. normally it'll probably cost you a little bit more to take longer to do it because you got to think about the person is spending time to come there and leave and to pick up materials just for one window instead of working on several windows at a time so, uh-huh. okay. uh, you you really are not saving by doing them one at a time because and plus there are there are different kind of windows that are out there. People don't realize there are so many different types. You got the double mm-hmm. hung. That's that's what I talked about earlier. That the little stationary one in the top, and the one that moves on the bottom. And you mm-hmm. have a, a casement kind of window, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that are on the hinges that that open out. They open out like little doors. And you have the sliding window that operates pretty much like the same like a sliding glass door, except it's a smaller scale. And Mm -hmm. you have the the bay window, where you have the window that kind of protrudes from the side of Mm -hmm. the house. That really is just a single pane window. With um, sometimes you have like the two little slider windows on the side, or sometimes it's just all just window panes. And Mm -hmm. you have the garden kind. The garden kind is the one if you. It's almost like the bay window. Except these are the ones that people put plants and stuff inside the windows. And they have okay. the 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 fold out windows where you can fold it out and it's almost like the jealousy window. Uh but mm-hmm. they don't have all those extra pieces of glass, it's one solid piece of glass that, that opens up. And that's uh that's pretty much the, the ones they have a lot of lot lot of lot more kind, but those are the the pretty uh uh, con, uh conventional ones Standard. that we use on a daily Yes, ma'am. At least okay. on a daily basis.
3: All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're here with uh, John Robinson, and if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. I want to also ask you when we come back a little bit about um, getting custom windows because I have a couple of situations that I have or or I'm considering. So uh, this is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Turn to Anderson and & Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and & Welch Law Firm online at AndersonandWelch.com. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had it so good entertainment. I'm your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Here with our contractor, John Robinson. If you have questions, the number is 516-387-1944. So I have a home that was built in the late 80s. And so in my closet, I have a window that's one of those round windows. Do they sell that kind of already pre-made with uh, predetermined dimensions? Or is that something you have to get custom made?
1: Yes, that's a custom. Oh, okay, that's, lovely. That's custom. That's, that's custom made. Uh, they don't just. You can find them, but uh-huh. there you may be able to go to like a place called. That's a place on um, uh, Orange Blossom Trail and uh, I can't think of the name of the street, uh, but. The name of them is called You Save, and okay. sometimes you you can get used windows that uh they sell used stuff, but they may actually have some new ones that you know that's something that they don't sell every day, and they just may it may have been overstocked somewhere else, and they, you may be able to get a new window from there at a lower cost than uh than having uh um than having to uh, have it custom custom made. For okay, you, I'm sorry, I'm about to sneeze. Sorry.
3: Oh, Oh okay, I understand. I understand. So, um all right, so that's that's one. So I know I have, I guess I have to prepare for that. The other thing is so I have uh, I guess you could say a, a regular um I guess double hung window or whatever in my kitchen. And I would like to change that, and I don't know if maybe I can leave it the way it is or, or and modify it some kind of way, but I want it, it is facing my patio, my back patio, and I'd like to make it like a pass-through. So what do I need to do for that?
1: You can, like one of the windows I, I called out is a sliding window. You can mm-hmm. get a, a slimmer window to go in there and then um, a slimmer and a taller window, so that means you have to take a little wall out so that it will come down closer to the, the height of the sink and mm-hmm. then put put like a little overhang on the other side so it will serve as a place where you can set food and things like that.
2: Right.
3: <laughs> Okay, yes, all right. So, okay, that's good to know because I I am considering that uh it'd be nice to have that pass through instead of always having to open my sliding glass door to maybe just slide some food out. So, that would be good. All right. All right. So, so, is
1: your is your, we, pat, is your patio um is it does it have AC in it? Is it closed up or is it just a screened in porch?
3: It's just a screen. Okay. It's just a screen, so um, I've thought about getting it enclosed, but right now it's just the screen. So. Okay. So all right. So now it's time to talk. Um, I guess a little bit of the hard stuff. Um, like you said, her. Oh, before we get to the, the dollars and cents, I want to ask about the hurricane standards. Uh, you were saying that most of the stores now—that's kind of the, the norm. In terms of selling uh windows that are you know meet hurricanes certain minimal hurricane standards, what's the mile per hour, and what other things need to be considered when you're talking about looking at those windows?
1: Uh, I don't have that those specs right now, not in front of me. I'm trying to okay. uh, when you said said that i I began to start looking it up. And mm-hmm. see uh, see what the what the standard is. I'm trying to find it right now. Um, That's
3: okay. We can come if back if you can to move that. on to
1: another question. And yeah.
3: Okay, all right. So uh, on average, what do you what do you find? How many? Because I know I have a lot of windows in my home. I have at least one, two, three, four bay windows in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have some others, uh, but on average, what do you, what are people paying for for windows these days? What's the, what? And I was just just curious in terms of how many windows the average home has these days. Have you noticed when you do one of those jobs?
1: Um, I would say ten or more. Okay, it depends on how large your home is.
3: Right, right. So. I think last I counted, if I'm not mistaken, when we were getting estimates, it was like about 22 windows
1: mm-hmm. in, so in I'm, I'm I Obviously, I'm talking about a smaller house, and I think your house is a two-story house, so it's about double, double what I was saying, yeah. Okay, all
3: right. So now when you do a bay window, is that counted as like three windows, four windows, something like that?
1: no it doesn't count as 3 windows but you would de- it would definitely be more expensive than than um one it definitely right. definitely be more uh, expensive than just doing a single window
3: right okay all right so uh, all right so when we we're budgeting you said probably minimum around 300 a window right
1: yeah, just to, it just depends on the size of window. Um, right. Okay. Uh, I don't charge three hundred a window. It I charge. I start at just depends on uh, one hundred and fifty and up. It just depends on what uh-huh. has to be done. If you have right. stuc- stucco around your window, if we have to do mm-hmm. trim work to it, those are things that will run your price up uh, on your right. windows. So um yeah. The, All
0: right.
1: I'm looking at the window window rating and
2: mm-hmm.
1: um they wanted to it said let's consider hurricane rated windows or or doors. Um mm-hmm. it it should remain intact after application of the tested wind pressure of seventy five pounds per square foot. For per second so those are the 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 I think it goes up to like two hundred and fifty uh two hundred and fifty uh uh miles per hour that they are rated at I think that's what they what I've seen them at as i don't see a the only thing this is telling me like the different categories of the the strength of the winds. So category mm-hmm. one, uh, you got seventy four to ninety five miles per hour. Category 2, 96 to one hundred and ten. Category three, and one eleven to twenty nine. And it keeps going. It keeps going up. And um, I'm trying to see if these these windows have to be rated for uh, over a hundred and fifty seven. That 157 miles per hour is the is a Category Five, and and I think the windows are supposed to be rated to sustain a, a cat over a Category Five. There shouldn't be any reason if you're buying like single pane windows. Of course, those are not uh, those are not a hurricane uh, enforced windows because they do sell windows that are cheaper windows that that do not fall up mm-hmm. under those
3: okay and then also too even if you get let's say something that don't have those specifications you could get what like um hurricanes with shutters and stuff like that or Mm -hmm. yes ma'am what yeah yeah okay all right
1: yeah you can get the metal shutters you can get uh wood shutters a lot of time people will make their makeshift their their shutters and put up plywood. Um I just found found on here it said the windows are made to withstand winds up to 170 miles an hour. So they're made they're made for over what the category of 5 is.
3: Okay. All right. So All right, so uh like the, you've given us some good information to consider. Because, like I said, I assume assume now is the time. But let me ask you this real quick, and then I, I know you got to go. Uh, there was, uh, at one time, just a, a trouble kind of getting windows in. It, how much lead time do you need to order windows and, and get those in? Well, most of the time, the
1: Home Depot is going to tell you 7 to 14 weeks. That that's what comes out of their mouth. It it don't matter what you order, a door or 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 something special order. they start off with fourteen uh seven uh seven, seven uh, to 14, 14, weeks. 14, what, fourteen weeks. But it's possible that you can get it within seven mm-hmm. days or fourteen days, but that's what they're gonna tell you at first because it has to come from a manufacturer. It doesn't come from like a, a storage place that has it. It has to be custom made. Or have mm-hmm. to be shipped from uh, another state over from the company. It's just like it's like it's almost like uh it's made to order. But I'm pretty sure they uh the standard one that they make them pretty regular. You can get them in a whole lot faster if you got something that's standard.
3: Mr Robinson, how do we reach you?
1: My number is three two one. Three zero three eight one eight six three two one three zero three eight one eight six and if you give a shout out to the this podcast show I will give you a five percent discount.
3: Oh bless your soul. Thank you so much. So great information today. Appreciate that and God willing, talk to you next month. You take care. Have yes, a blessed ma'am. day.
1: All right. Have a blessed day.
3: <laughs> all right, all right. Thank you, thanks, to Mr. Robinson. And so you know, we actually I probably should have told you all a month ago to get started on this, but no time like the present. If you got to get uh, windows, uh, especially with uh, and her. Hopefully, we don't have hurricanes the beginning of the season. Uh, hopefully, they're later, but at least you can go ahead and get started now, and at least you know prioritize. If you can't do all of the windows, prioritize which ones you need to get done in order to be uh, safe, but also to enjoy that view of the outdoors, especially if you are here in beautiful Florida. Anyway, we are going to talk to Jabir Najir next. The, don't, don't go away. The number is 516-387-1944. Gee's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back.
2: dedicated to serving our families.
3: Good morning, good afternoon, rather. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We're going to get over to our mortgage guru with on uh, Mortgage's Jabir Najir. Good morning, how are you? Good afternoon. I keep saying morning, but it's just
0: I don't know. <laughs> well, it is officially <laughs> afternoon, as of about 60 seconds ago. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: How you doing? So it's all right.
0: <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about yourself?
3: I'm doing well, thanks. So um, I keep – see what I'm seeing is like, uh, and you need to correct me, that mortgage rates are kind of just not really doing a whole lot. Is that correct or – where are they in comparison to the last time we talked, and, and how has the rate hikes
0: affected that? Um, so where I, – I guess there's a couple questions there. But, yeah, so the rate right, yeah. have actually kind of been bouncing back and forth there for probably the last, um, I guess, really about a month now. Um kind of goes up a little bit, comes down a little bit, goes up a little bit. So, you know, the thing is that sometimes um, – People may reach out to me and say, hey, I heard rates dropped whenever you hear it in the news. And the thing is, if rates dropped from, you know, 7% to 6.625, you know, yes, yeah, the rates dropped. So sometimes people hear rates drop and they're wondering if rates dropped down to 4% or 3.5% again. And it's like, yeah, not anytime soon. If it does come back down to that point, it's not going to be anytime soon. Um, so where are we at today for conventional and national numbers are? about 6.5 for conventional FHA is about 6% for, for FHA. So um, I think they're right around where we were last time. Um, I know that they did take a dip from the last time that we spoke uh, shortly after, believe it or not, uh, shortly after, um, or actually right before, rather, um, the feds raised the rates last time. Um, the Fed, the rates took a little bit of a dip. Then the feds did rate, increase the rates. Um, by a quarter a quarter point. There was a little bit of a jump in the rate, but it's not as crazy as you would think. Um, and that's really because other things come in, into play when it comes to the Fed rate. It's not strictly the Feds don't determine the rates from day to day. You know, they they raise the um, you know the, the Fed funds rate. But over the course of a month there's other factors that come out there's the inflation data that comes out there's the payroll data that comes out um, there are um, you know uh, unemployment data that comes out so all that goes into playing into the into the interest rates.
3: okay, so where are we now what's what's what are we looking at and in terms of What the rate is now. And also, I was going to ask you are there any programs out there now, any changes in FHA or VA or anything that's going on now that
0: we need to be aware of? Um, No big changes in regards to the programs themselves Uh, since last Mm -hmm. time we spoke. um, There there are programs that, and I know we've talked about a few times on the show, uh, for those who are looking to purchase a home FHA. There is the chino uh-huh. you know, fund that will actually give you the money for the down payment. So essentially, you could actually finance a property 100 financing. So when it comes to 100 percent financing, that's mm-hmm. just financing the, the purchase price, not the closing costs. So you will need to have your own closing costs, but at least the home will be financed for the full loan amount, purchase price. Um, with FHA, nothing really big different with FHA or mm-hmm. conventional. Um, what well, I will say that. For a lot of the alternative loan programs, they are tightening up. So a lot of those programs have 5% reduction in the LTV, the loan to value. So that Mm -hmm. program required 10% before some of those programs are now 15% down. And for those who are listening who may not be aware with the, with the non-conventional loan programs or or the alternative loan programs, those are for the clients, especially those who are self-employed who may have income coming in but they can't show it on tax returns but we could use their bank statements instead or just a profit and loss statement from their accountant to show how much they make uh, instead of using the traditional tax returns or um, uh, 1099 so there are a lot of those programs out there because banks were saying hey you know these people they do make money we know that they can afford a home we have to have a pro We'll, we'll create a program that will yeah. allow us to qualify those, those homeowners or potential homeowners. Uh, so those programs are a little tighter now, uh, rates uh-huh. are definitely higher on those programs as well, but they are still out there. But as far as FHA conventional, not a lot, actually, I want to take that back. Cause one thing I think I didn't mention on the last program, but just in case uh-huh. I didn't, um, FHA did lower the monthly mortgage insurance premium. So if I didn't mention the last program, then that is new. But if I did, then yeah, nothing new. Uh, But FHA didn't lower the monthly mortgage insurance premium. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Um, So if you were looking to purchase a home, there's in maybe the debt income ratio is a little tight. Now FHA has a lower monthly mortgage insurance premium, so now you could possibly qualify for that home. Or if you did qualify for that home before, and now the payment is lower, so that could save people hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a month, all depending on, on you know, what your loan amount is, of course. But that is a, a pretty big one there.
3: So, and I, it almost slipped my mind, but this month, well, we we got a couple of things coming up, um, but something's going on currently. And then we've got June. So this month is Fair Housing Month, April. Um, and then June is National Home Ownership Month. So, I you know I want want to kind of put some things in perspective. Uh what are you seeing in terms I I know things are supposedly have uh, have improved with dealing with uh getting uh, mortgages in ethnic communities, but there's still some discrimination going on. But are is it as I guess you could say can you do you catch it as easily as you used to? you see it, as, um, is it as
0: visible as it used to be? So I think that's really more so on a, a bank the a bank, you know, as opposed to on the wholesale lending side because okay. the thing is that we make our money by, we make our money by um, once we actually close a loan. So okay. on the broker side, for brokers to submit a file and it get turned down due to, you know, racial discrimination or any type of discrimination, now you're messing with our livelihood, you have been underwriters. So that'd be a big uproar in the broker community. If now the lenders are reducing our income that we're bringing home to our families, because you don't want to approve the client that we brought in. an incentive for us to, to get anybody approved, regardless of uh, race national origin color you know anything like that is mm-hmm. that's how we get paid if not then you know well let me take that back there may be some brokers depend on, on how they're structured that they may get a, a salary from the from their brokerage for example but then now the brokerage you know do they are they making any type of money what's the benefit for them not approving somebody um, so usually when you see that from my from my um my side is usually when it comes to specific brand uh bank brands or maybe even regions like your wells fargo is always in the news for example um mm-hmm. they are the ones that are you know and that may be on a local as opposed to the company as a whole but hey it's wells fargo so we're gonna you know look at wells fargo we're, we're gonna look at wells fargo has you know the, the national company not just okay that's just the branch in orlando for example but um uh, right. so yes yeah, Does that happen? Yes. Um, uh, I'm never, I'm never going to say it doesn't happen, but um, Mm -hmm. you know, if if it's, uh, if you're asking on the broker side, no, we, I don't really see it on the broker side. If not, then the underwriter has to really come up with a really good (laughs) reason other than that on why that person isn't, isn't qualified. But then me as a broker, my job is to go and hopefully every broker is doing this is to bat Mm -hmm. for you because how we all make money um so if we see that there's wrongdoing by the underwriter then that's our job to point it out or to point out that hey this person meets the guidelines because when it comes to a lot of these loans um majority of it there, yes yeah, there, there's a little bit of of um room for the underwriter to use their own personal discretion but there are so many things when it comes to the guidelines which anybody can pull up the guidelines i mean you go uh fha conventional I mean, I'm sorry, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, I mean, most people don't want to because the guidelines are like, Oh, Carvey, depending on the program, 500, 500, 800 pages. But, Mm -hmm. um, if you go in there, you can really see, you know, if the underwriter is going against what the guidelines say, but when it comes to the local markets, you know, that's where you start to see that if there are underserved areas where maybe they're not really promoting certain programs to certain underserved areas, which tend to be, you know, sometimes places that have a lot more people of color. Also, if um, they're trying to maybe, um, re revitalize a certain area to make it like a higher end living, which I'm Mm -hmm. seeing happen all over the place where Orlando, Miami starting to see it. So. Like developers, for example, and there's an area of mine, which I just, and I mentioned mine because I just happened to be reading a lot of it on it last night. There's an area that is um, known as Little Haiti and is typically uh, underserved uh, black community, but they actually found that land to be more uh, valuable because it sits higher than a lot of area in Miami. A lot of areas of Miami, mm-hmm. you know, Miami there's a lot of areas that are prone to flooding. So now they right. have passed, um, there's some, there's some. A permit that they couldn't get past because they're gonna be like a huge structure, like a whole like um almost like the villages uh not the villages, what's the uh the art village at uh downtown where they turned the arena into? I can't remember the oh, name of it right now but Yeah. Mm-hmm. But something similar to that, it's something huge and they wouldn't pass it. But of course money talks and now they're going to build this huge structure there which of course mm-hmm. what's gonna happen you're gonna have a, the houses there that are there of course people are gonna start coming in, either raising the taxes for those people in, the, in those areas, which they can't afford it, and eventually move them out. So um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's another way to get, if it's not on the banking side or lending side, it's another way to get uh, people in certain areas out. And then, of course, when the land is more expensive um, and those people in those those communities can't afford it, then banks in that case can turn people down because they can't afford it. Or sometimes the thing is people get turned down uh and i had this conversation with a friend recently when they get turned out from a bank sometimes people give up and they don't go to the next bank and sometimes the bank next door will literally approve them but, but because they got turned down once that bank didn't let them know why um they just kind of give up so um sometimes if the bank you know depending if they have relationships with certain builders or whatever yeah, i could see that they could be turned down certain people in certain neighborhoods um if you know maybe somebody within the bank is going to benefit on the back end for that. Well, um, it's, it's really hard something. to point out nowadays.
3: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you you do have to do extra um, research and stuff. But let me ask you this, you know, because you mentioned bank and you mentioned mortgage company. I'm, con- You know, if I'm just now deciding to buy a home, what am I looking for – in terms of a bank versus a mortgage mortgage company or vice versa. You know, some people say, well, I can just go to my bank or I can just go to my credit union. What establishes the difference between uh, getting a home loan from a a bank or credit union versus a mortgage company?
0: So the main difference is that with a mortgage company or mortgage brokerage um, or wholesale, is that we deal on the wholesale side. So that's – and there, there are a lot of these banks that um, – or lenders, I should say, that actually deal on what we call retail and wholesale. So retail is where you, the client, can contact that company, like Rocket Mortgage, and say, I would like, I would like a loan, and they'll go through the application process and get you a loan. Now, Rocket Mortgage, for example, also has a wholesale division that strictly deals with, with brokers. Um, there's no way for you to call in as a client and get the rates that are on the wholesale side. Now, there are other lenders such as UWM, which competes at Rocket. They, UWM is probably one of the top, when it comes to the share volume of loans. I mean, they're closing billions of dollars in loans a year. Um, they're usually competing between the top three of lenders in the United States as far as the amount of loans that they put out. And a lot of people never even heard of UWM, but they are one of the biggest lenders out there. They strictly deal with wholesale on the wholesale side means that they only deal with brokers. So in order for you to get a UWM loan, you have to come through somebody like myself. Now when it comes now to working with somebody like me is that I have access to many different lenders programs. And typically the rates are going to be lower on dealing with a broker on the wholesale side than if you were to go on the retail side. Now the retail side is your Bank of America's your Chase, is your Wells Fargo's. And a lot of times in the past a lot of these uh, banks have actually had a wholesale division because they're you know that is a big you know um, area that they're missing out on on the wholesale side but they've created wholesale divisions but their main bread and butter is retail they're looking for people to walk into the bank and ask for a mortgage now the downside of that is that yes you may already have a relationship with them but you are limited to those banks guidelines so Whatever, it's not that they're they're the best rate. They may not be the best rate of the month. And no bank is always the best rate, you know, the, the bank with the best rates, 365 days a year. It's a competitive business. So there's always going to be banks that are going to work on thinner margins just to get a little bit more of the market share for maybe a month or a quarter, maybe even half a year, and they fall to the back because they have to increase their margins or somebody else will decrease their margins. Not to get too far into <laughs> the weeds of that, but to say all that is... Um, you may go to Chase and you know you may get a, they may approve you for a loan, but Chase actually may have a higher rate than the bank next door to Chase. And the only way for you to do that is to go to every bank on the street and see who has the best rate, which that would tire you out. But when you come to somebody like myself, we have access to all that right here in our systems on who has the best rates at different points. Like literally, I, I have systems where we could put in your information and within um, within probably a minute, I have the rates of, like, 50 different banks right You know, right, right in front of me. I, I already have these relationships because we have uh, contractual relationships with these banks, so whenever I put a loan through them, um, they are guaranteed, uh, whatever I am. I, I know I'm able to put put the loan through them because we already have that relationship ahead of time. So, in, so in, you're in like, short, you're like the search engine of mortgages, right? I'm like the <laughs> search project. engine of mortgages, and I don't. I'm not limited to the overlays of one bank. For example, FHA technically doesn't have a minimum credit score, but if you go to Wells Fargo, they may say the minimum credit score is 660. You go to Bank of America, they may say the minimum credit score is 640. That's just because these banks put their own overlays on the type of loans that they like to do. Now, there's nothing illegal about that as long as they put the blanket on it for everybody. Now, they say the, the minimum credit score for a certain demographic of people is 640, but the other demographic of people are 680, now that's 100% illegal. But if they put a big bank yeah. over everybody and they say, hey, we, just, we have a bank, we don't do loans below a 640, and that's, now they're not discriminating on, on, on one particular uh, category of people. So when you come oh. to me, if you, six, if you have a 580, I can get you a FHA loan. Most likely if you go to, you know, Bank of America and you tell me you have a 580, they probably will go through the process of pulling your credit to see if they could even work with you. hmm uh-huh. Good to know.
3: We're going to take a quick break. If you have questions for Jabir, the number is 516-387-1944. Gee's Power Hour. i never had it so good entertainment. We'll be right back.
2: This is Douglas Dobbs Hi, I'm Tim Garrison. Uh, you may know me as Timmy G. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the argument. And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's Chill Out Jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight, on K-Ham Radio. Are you?
3: Good afternoon and welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And uh, tomorrow, (laughs) we're dealing with one of my pet peeves, customer service. So we're going to talk about that. Make sure you are with us tomorrow on that. In the meantime, we are back with Sabir and the deer of Rajan Mortgage. The number, if you have, we got a few minutes. The number is five one six three eight seven one nine four four. And so, um, what we, we're like I said, we are in Fair Housing Month. We're gearing up for um, National Homeownership Month in June. Uh, credit what things should be, we be working on and how long does it really take to start seeing results when you are trying to improve your credit so that you can make that purchase?
0: Yes, yeah, so everything... So the first thing I would say is that before you get ready to purchase, go ahead and reach out to a lender as soon as possible. If it's a year before you are ready to purchase, then that is great because if there's anything that's going on, on your credit. Then at least you have a full year to, to prepare and get your credit to where it needs to be. Um, many times, uh, I've actually talked to clients, um, a lot and, you know, they know they want to purchase and I talk with them every so often to pull their credit and they don't want to, they want to wait a little bit longer and they say, okay, now I'm ready to purchase. Uh, hopefully they could find something in two months or three months. And then I review the credit. And there are a lot of things going on credit and now they really feel the pressure because they want to purchase a home within the next 60 to 90 days, but they have all this work to do on their credit. So they've actually kind of uh, put themselves in a position where they have to deal with a lot of pressure in order to gather certain, their current home and move into a new home. And you don't want to f- find yourself in that position. So go ahead and have your credit pulled as early as possible. Because sometimes there are collections that are on the report, there may be late payments that you really did pay on time, but now you have this late payment, yet have to, just to show that you actually did pay it on time. And, get, and it could be a process that you don't want to deal with while you're trying to search for a home. Um, now, how long does it take for a credit to bounce back? That all depends on the individual. So if it's something as simple as you just have maxed out credit cards, and I say that's simple because it's, it's a lot easier than late payments, if you pay down the credit cards, you could see your credit have significant jump in the score in 30 days or sometimes less. Um, now, when you deal with late payments, that's a little bit of a harder situation because if you're just waiting for the score to naturally increase, that could take months, you know, six months, a year, depending on how many late payments you have. If it's, if it uh, are collections that you're trying to clear up, that's a little bit different because once you actually pay off those collections. Then it may take a few months to see a jump in the credit score. Now, when I say a couple months, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see the max benefit in three months or two months, because these are things that over the course of time of having a credit report without negative history on there, little by little, the score will go up. But sometimes you'll see an initial jump within two to three months, and then you just have to wait a little bit of time for Mm -hmm. it to increase to where you want it to be. Um, and then the last is if there are other things on there like judgments and those type of things? It's really great to let us know ahead of time have us review the credit ahead of time because there are certain things that you need to have in place if you're as a judgment, for example, if there's a judgment in order for you to qualify with that judgment, you have to create a payment plan, and depending on the program, you have to have anywhere between three to six months of on time payments for that judgment so if you are looking to purchase a home in two months and you finally have a judgment, there's no way for you to make create the payment plan and make those three months or six months of payments. Because the thing is with those three months, you cannot just make three months of payments all at once. You have to wait each month and make one payment per month for, for 90 days. Um, so every single situation is different, but mm-hmm. – I've seen credit scores jump up really quickly in 30 days, mm-hmm. and there's some clients that we have to work with for nine months. Even I've worked with clients for three years before to increase the credit score. So for me personally, there's not a limit, but I don't want you to become discouraged because you waited to the last minute. Um, and when we say last minute, I mean, even in the 90 days, that's you know kind of last minute because you feel mm-hmm. the pressure. I mean, you, you have your regular lives. You have your family to take care of. You have work to go to. You have your extracurricular studies to take care of. And to pile on a bunch of stuff for credit to take care of a middle of trying to find a home. A lot of pressure for a lot of people. Yeah.
3: But I do want to ask, now, let's say you pay off something, um and you ask your creditor to uh submit, I guess the uh I guess a letter or something to the credit bureau saying, This has been paid off, this person is in good standing or whatever I, I, is it wise? I, I actually think that the person themselves should maybe send a copy of their receipt or something, and not necessarily depend on the creditor, but send something saying this has been paid off. I'm in good standing. Uh, it, it, what do you
0: say? Does that help? I definitely, I definitely agree with that. The thing is, I've seen so many times that people have paid off collections or other debts that are, you know, were outstanding. And the creditor, especially when, especially when it's a collection, sometimes they receive their money and they're good because they received the money on, on a bad debt, but they never went back mm-hmm. to the credit bureau to tell the credit bureau that it's been paid in full. So mm-hmm. it's always good to um, to not only request that the creditor sends it in, but you also send in a copy to the credit bureau as well. Okay, good, good.
3: And then also, too, uh, you we've talked i think before about if you have like credit card debt maybe trying to transfer the debt to uh, a card that has a lower interest rate is that
0: correct uh yes, you can uh in order to make the debt um easier to well of course uh, of all things to your painless interest easier to pay right. off or easier to manage um the mm-hmm. one thing I would suggest you do not do is close an account of that has the history because one thing when it comes to credit and I just thought one thing here um, well I finished this thought sorry about that so one thing with credit is that it's not always about are you making making the payments on time but it's also how mm-hmm. you manage the debt so if you have maxed out credit cards that counts against you so typically you want to keep your balances right around 30 percent 30 you know or less but 30 percent of the limit.
2: Mm-hmm. So if you have,
0: a, I'm just going to use a thousand dollars to make it easy. If you have a thousand dollar credit card, you want to keep the balance right around three hundred. You know, maybe three fifty at the max. Um, I know sometimes it's a little bit hard for people to keep it at at thirty percent. So I would tell people mm-hmm. at the bare minimum, try to keep it below fifty percent at the bare minimum, because once you start to get to sixty and seventy percent, you will notice that your score may start to decrease even though you're paying everything on time, especially those who have maxed out credit cards. It's very rare that you're going to see somebody who has maxed out credit cards, and they have, even if they're paying on time, and they have 700 scores, usually, or even uh, 800. You know, it's just either going to be in the low 700s if you're lucky, but it's usually going to be in the 600s. Um, Now, when it comes to um, collections, one thing I just thought about is, Sometimes you may have a, a payment arrangement with that collection agency. Making payments on a bad debt does not increase your credit score. Your credit score does not start to improve until you pay all the way off. But I do run into that a lot where somebody may be making, have a payment plan on a bad debt, but making payments on a bad debt because already collection does not help your credit score.
3: Mm, good to know. And um, I, maybe you can address this in 30 seconds or less. Medical
0: debt. Um, sometimes it's hard because sometimes there's a dispute. So what do you do? All right. So medical debt, um, you do not have to pay those for most lending programs. Uh, they don't hold that against you. Now, if you have medical debt, we cannot stop the, the credit bureaus from hitting, hitting your score. So if you are able to pay those medical debts off in order to increase your credit score, I would suggest it. Also call into those companies because a lot of times they will settle with you. Um, you know, don't tell me you're buying a house. Just tell me you want to clean up the credit and, and settle the debt, and a lot of times they will settle with you. But um, we don't require it for most lending programs, but it, mm-hmm. it does affect your score.
3: Jabir, thank you so much. And I will post Jabir's information on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. Thank you all for listening. This has been G's Power Hour. i never had it so good entertainment. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, All real power comes from God. Adam Toporek, tomorrow to talk customer service. Have a blessed day.